Hi, my name is Kelly, and my single-minded story is turbulent. And I remember the professor started class one day saying that we would be talking about something that he didn't want all of the men to go home and tell their wives about because it might confuse them or wreck their faith. It was the first time that I saw in the local church that there was just this gap between like you graduate from high school and then you get married. And so that's what the church knew what to do with and all this in between just kind of floating there. The church needs to do something about it and, and I want to be a part of doing something about it and I don't want to live a life that's just waiting. Well, hi everyone, my name is Danny Treweek and welcome to another episode of Single-Minded Stories brought to you by Single-Minded. In each episode, we chat with one of our guests about the joys, the challenges, the opportunities, and also the growth that that has been part of their singleness story, and most importantly, part of their life with Jesus. Today, I have with me Kelly. Thanks for coming on, Kelly. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. And thanks for being willing to share your single-minded story with us all. Um, at the top of the episode, you gave us a sneak peek that your story is one that you describe as turbulent. And suddenly I was on an airplane bouncing around in the sky. I, I loved that, yeah. I, that word. Um, so I'm very excited um, to experience a bit of turbulence with you on the way through um, our conversation today. But before we sort of delve into the, into the turbulence, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Who's Kelly? Sure. Uh, so I am a follower of Jesus and gave him my life when I was about eight years old. Uh, but definitely salvation is only the beginning. And the implications of, of that decision are far reaching and have really shaped my life and um, yeah, experiences ever since. Uh, so I'm a thespian turned nonprofit founder uh, with experience in like marketing and video production and design. So I really consider myself kind of a creative jack of all trades because uh, my, my work experience has been so diverse. Uh, are you familiar with that phrase in Australia? Do you say that? Jack of all trades, master yes, of none? Yes, 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 yes. Yep. <laughs> so I recently learned that there's more to that phrase than you ever hear. So oh. the complete quote is jack of all trades, master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. So oh, there you okay. go. For anybody who feels like they don't fit in a box, more power to you because I've always felt that way. <laughs> I, I, feel, I, I feel that way. I've used that same word of myself, that same phrase of myself as well. Um, and, you know, you're now our, our second thespian guest on the show, one of our previous um guests uh, basically grew up in a traveling circus and then oh, was a goat wow. was a, a goat herder so you know we're really bringing in an eclectic range of guests okay, <laughs> into our podcast yes goats are not a part of my story but, <laughs> <laughs> but I do love to travel as well and um, have been super fortunate to visit so many places and so here's a fun tidbit for you several years ago I got my scuba diving certification in the Great Barrier Reef off ah. the coast of Australia. 
So I have been to your part of the world and uh, was just, yeah, you live in a a very beautiful part of uh, the globe. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is pretty nice down here, particularly if you're in Sydney, you know, Sydney, the Barrier Reef's great, go to the Barrier Reef, but you want to live in Australia. I'm not biased (laughs) at all. As I say this, Sydney, Sydney is the place to live. (laughs) Just putting that plug in there. Um, Okay. And so you said that you became a Christian at the age of eight. Um, So that's been a a walk with Jesus uh, for a long time. That's exciting. What kind of, when you said you were a thespian, what kind of thespian work did you do? Yeah. So I I was a musical theater performer. So I got a BFA in that and singing, acting and dancing and worked a little bit professionally. And I loved, um, I love, still love the arts and just being able to tell stories in that way and just the excitement of the audience and the performance aspect. Uh, But I just really struggled with the entertainment industry as a whole. And even though I had talents, didn't feel like I had a personality that (laughs) was assertive enough to really make it in New York or LA and just really felt like the Lord redirected my focus, but it's still been a struggle to know what it looks like to use those artistic gifts and the performance gifts for him rather than myself. Mm. All right. I'm going to ask you a very important question and I just need to let you know there is a right answer to this question. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I will see the right answer. <laughs> what, what's, what's your favorite musical? Uh, yes, I would have to say My Fair Lady. Oh, all right. I'll, 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 I'll allow it. Well, the only the only legitimate answer is Les Miserables. That's the only ah. legitimate answer. But I'll allow my fair lady. I'll, I'll let you through on that one. <laughs> all right. Thank you. <laughs> I, I have a bit of a tragic, tragic obsession with, with Les Mis. It's, Les um, yeah. But That's I love it because what you were saying before about telling a story. I love Les Mis because of the story it tells. And I think it's a story of the gospel. It's a story of grace, um, a very powerful one, I think. So anyway, yeah. we're not here to talk about Les Mis. We're here to talk about you. <laughs> um, so, you know, this is a podcast about singleness, but for everyone. Uh, tell us a little bit, clearly you're single because we have you on the podcast, but tell us a little yeah. bit about your your story of singleness. So I feel like I've categorized it at least in my mind in kind of decades of my life um, because um, I'm now in my 40s and so I have seen it it morph and change uh, from in my 20s, 30s and then now 40s and just have a different view and perspective. So um, I mean marriage has never been my goal but was always an expectation. I just thought that a man would appear and we would serve the Lord together and we'd be more effective, you know, side by side than I, than I would be alone. Uh, but that has not happened. So, uh, I pursued my creative gifts when I was in college and then in my twenties and, uh, yeah, earned the degree in musical theater and started performing. Uh, but I realized that when many women in their twenties were finding their spouses in college, or shortly thereafter, I was surrounded by men who were not interested in women (laughs) in the theater world. And so there just was not um, a lot of opportunity to meet a lot of of Christian men. 
And uh, so that was different than I had really ever experienced in my life before. Um, And then, yeah, just wrestling, like I said before, with just what do I do with these gifts and how do I use them for the Lord and not compromise my values. And so I ended up quitting theater and went to seminary just to have a a better grasp on why I believe what I believe, have answers to the questions I was being asked. And uh, because of those connections that I had made, um, even when I was working in my first theater job, and I ended up in a very, very fundamentalist seminary and really didn't know what I was getting myself into. So I went from this um, really liberal environment to a hyper-conservative one where suddenly my theology was being challenged in a different way and really asking myself, what does a holy life look like? And where is my place as a woman in all of that? And I ended up being like the only female in my eschatology class. And I remember the professor started class one day saying that we would be talking about something that he didn't want all of the men to go home and tell their wives about because it might confuse them or wreck their faith. No. Yes. And so I just, I just kind of stared at him because I'm, you know, literally looking around me like I, I am here still, but yeah, it just, it, it was a, a struggle for me to kind of work through that. And what does it mean to, to see that, you know, on a man's syllabus, it says homiletics and on a woman's syllabus, it says Bible teaching methods for women, you know, oh, and so it's wow. like, where is, where is my place in that? And I'm here to study like the deep things of God. And I, I've loved the scriptures for as long as I can remember and just have such a hunger for God's word. And so wrestling through what does that look like for me, knowing full well that I can have as deep of a relationship and as deep study of God's word as, as a male can. And, um, and then I remember sitting in my advisor's uh, office right before I was going to be graduating. And he said, well, you know, what's going to happen if you don't get married? And I was like, what? Uh, I don't really know what he, where he's going with this. I didn't quite know what to say. So I probably looked at him dumbfoundedly and he was like, well, you're going to have to work. And oh, heaven forbid, I know. heaven forbid. <laughs> Yes, I, I, I bet I will. Like, right? I just, I didn't, I didn't get it at that point. Just exactly what was going on, even because I, I just, I wanted to follow the Lord, and um, so I ended up not marrying the the man that I was dating at the time there, and and moved back to my hometown after graduation, and just tried to realign and find the balance in my theology and in, in my life and took a staff position at a church. And I, I was really shocked though, because it was the first time that I saw in the local church that there was just this gap between like you graduate from high school and then you get married. And so that's what the church knew what to do with and all this in between just kind of floating there. And so here I am like in my twenties, late twenties coming out of that environment and really hoping to find community and friends and discipleship opportunities. And, uh, there just weren't a lot of people there, but I tried to be instrumental and spearheaded like a young adults group and getting that started and just ended up having a Bible study out of my home for several years and invited so many women 
just in those transitional years into my home to study God's word and um, tried to show hospitality in a welcoming, um, loving environment to just talk about those things and um, cultivate those relationships. And that was just a really, really sweet time of seeing like even women in the church were like, oh, I've heard about your Bible study and uh, I've just met this young woman and so I sent her to you. And so just I had so many women in and out of my home and it was um, just an answer to prayer that God would just use that time in my life to really just minister and figure out uh, my place in the, the church and, and just in you know that season of life. But uh, during that time, the number one prayer request was always to find a husband, right, from the single women. And there was a mix. There was some a few married and then mostly single women in the group. And I led that Bible study long enough to see most of those women uh, find a husband. And so I really just started fighting against the lingering questions of, you know, is there something wrong with me? And when is it going to be my turn? And what am I doing or not doing that I should be? And um, so, yeah, it was just, it's hard. Those are some of the complexities and just the deep places that the Lord starts speaking into your heart about. But then I saw these women get married and then the prayer requests started becoming about children and then a certain number of children, right? And so the expectations had just shifted to something else, but the very real struggle of desires and why isn't God doing this or doing this in my life? It was the same. It was just different circumstances. And God really spoke to me about that of it's not about marriage it's not about children it is about finding satisfaction and fulfillment in Jesus but I still wanted to get married <laughs> right um and so I think the subsequent years of kind of my 30s were really the the where I would classify turbulent uh, in my, in my story, um, I ended up, um, just in a relationship that was really emotionally and spiritually destructive. And I went through a time of healing and just let fear really get the best of me in a lot of that. And, uh, in my late thirties, you know, I start realizing, well, maybe I'm not going to have a family of my own and I'm an only child and I have parents who are getting older. And, you know, so there's doubts and fears that creep in about being alone and what is that going to look like? And so you just kind of start getting anxious and then the flood of emotion that you already feel just is heightened because of the external circumstances. And, uh, so I ended up in another relationship and just really, just made unwise choices out of fear and ended up engaged. And I was a month away from my wedding and I just, it was not what the Lord wanted. And so I ended up calling off that wedding and really just went to the book of Proverbs and just looked at what is wisdom in this situation. And I really feel like the Lord protected me and that man in, in that decision, but you know, you just have to come face to face with, am I going to trust the Lord? And I really felt him clearly ask me, 
You know, are you willing to follow me whether you have a husband or not? And so that really kind of moved me into where I am now, just in my 40s and um, gaining a new perspective, I guess. And uh, I ended up working for a nonprofit here in Dallas that was reaching people in the Central Asia and the Middle East. So it's really the most unreached region of the world. So we were reaching through social media and I was just meeting women and hearing stories of women that who they just don't have control over their lives. They have no ability to make decisions, uh, whether they're married or not. They just have to be. And so we were getting stories of, you know, domestic violence and abuse and just women who didn't have any place to go and yet were reaching out, sending us videos of, you know, them being beaten by their husbands. And I was just kind of devastated and, and wrecked a little bit by that of, here I am in, in this country, like with the ability to own a home and, and to be single, have a career and freedom that so many women around the world don't have. So I felt the Lord was saying, you know, you need to lift your eyes. That's such a theme in scripture too. People lifted their eyes and they saw something different than they had seen before because the Lord opened their eyes to something. And so I feel like he was saying, you need to lift your eyes from your navel to the nations and see what I am doing around the world. And so I've really been asking God, just what does that mean for my story and where am I supposed to go from here? Uh, and, you know, I'm still grieving kind of the loss of the natural desires and the things that I wanted for my life or thought would happen. Um, but, you know, I'm sitting here pining for, for a husband when maybe I need to be looking at my life differently and, and see what God has for me and, and with knowledge comes responsibility, right? So uh, being aware too of just the growing demographic of, of singles, single women specifically, the church needs to do something about it. And, and I want to be a part of doing something about it. And I don't want to live a life that's just waiting, even if it's active waiting. I don't want to be thinking that my ultimate pursuit is to find a husband, but it's to follow Jesus with everything that I have. And so I don't exactly know what that looks like, but it has propelled me forward. And um, I've even started a nonprofit for single Christian women and trying to figure out what that looks like. But I have a, a deep desire to find out individually what my calling is because of my story and then collectively what God might be asking us as single Christian women uh, to do with our stories. I think we can officially say turbulent was a good, a good word <laughs> to use. Right, I mean, okay. yeah, well, and I don't mean that in a, in a bad way at all. I just, you know, I, in fact, as I was listening to you talk there and you haven't heard my interview yet, um, uh, which I recorded. It's episode two. Uh, you would, by the time we're recording, you haven't heard that. But I said some very similar things about those seasons of life, those decades, and the way that aging actually does change your perception of being single. It brings in new concerns, new questions. Um, you know that idea of, well, I'm getting older and I'm alone. In terms of, I'm not without relationship, but I'm. I'm going to likely be an older unmarried person. What are the implications? So 
I very much resonated with um, personally a lot of what what you spoke about. And also your comment there about how being an only child, um, I'm not an only child, but our singleness is not just something we wrestle with for ourselves. We also wrestle with it in our relationships with others and with our parents. Um, uh, and, you know, the question of grandchildren and all that kind of stuff comes into play. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, definitely. Because that has been something that I've thought about too, of just, you know, like my dad has always loved children, right? And so there's kind of that, oh, I, you know, what would it have been like, right, to have provided that? And so it's it's a very real yeah, because at that point, you're not just carrying your own grief at not having children of your own, but you're carrying the grief of your parents um, at, at not, you know, giving them grandchildren. And that, that can be hard. This podcast is a ministry of the Single Minded Ministry. Here at Single Minded, we develop faithful resources about singleness that equip Christians, encourage Christian communities and shape Christian culture. We'd love you to be part of that. So check out our free resource library and upcoming events, subscribe to our podcast, join our mailing list and spread the word about Single Minded. You can also help make our Single Minded vision a reality by partnering with us financially. Our ministry relies on the generous financial support of our community. So to make a regular or one-off financial gift, visit www.singleminded.community forward slash give. What have been some of the particular challenges and complexities of your singleness and what has faithfulness looked like? Yeah, I think just finding community is one of the things that I have heard, not just from my own story, but from others too, just that gets harder as relationships change, as friends marry, and then the dynamics of that changes. So it it's something that, um, you know, in your 20s, it's a little bit easier. But then as you get older, you have to be more intentional to build that community. And friendships take time and everybody kind of brings their story into that. So there has to be just mutual ability to to want to to go deep and to be willing to take the time and, and do the work of what that requires. Uh, so that has been something that I have found challenging, just moving around to different places and then just also with the, the struggle um, of just finding that community within the church sometimes. Um, and then another complexity, I think, is just navigating male and female relationships as a single woman. There seems to be... Um, you know, just a fear, I guess, of, of pouring into a single woman's life if you are a married couple even, or that's just not thought of because, I mean, children and the marriage becomes the main thing, right? And then that's where all of the, the resources of the church, but also just your own resources, that becomes your focus. And so friendships kind of go by the wayside a little bit. And so I have craved male perspective and godly male perspective. And I've always like loved to discuss theology. And, you know, I often find that, um, men are sometimes more willing and interested to, to do that than women. And so it's, it's finding 
those people, uh, but then not crossing boundaries or not feeling like a threat to, you know, a couple. And so it's a really strange place and, and hard to navigate, um, at least has been for my experience. And then I, I think just as I've gotten older, just feeling like I'm missing out on something that was fundamentally important to being a woman. It, it is hard to even put words to sometimes, but it's like you just feel like you're on the outside peering into something. And, and even though God like meets you in those times and comforts and tells you that he is there, it's still a wrestle and a, and a struggling with him as to why are you withholding that from me? And this probably goes back to the garden, right? Like Eve starts saying, why are you withholding something good? Like she starts thinking in that way because of the deception from the, the serpent. But we have a tendency to do that too. It's like, this is supposed to be good. I'm supposed to want, like you've put these desires in me. So why? Mm. And we, um, that just thinking then of Eve, you know, she wanted this thing that she saw was good but was missing all the good that she'd already been given. And I, I often feel that way in my singleness that I look at marriage and think this is really good and it is. And gosh, it would be so good to have it. And by that, I'm not meaning to compare marriage with the apple. <laughs> I'm not saying, you know, <laughs> let, let's just be clear to all my listeners. I'm not saying that marriage is responsible for the fall or anything like that. But that idea that as humans, we have this temptation to look at something, to, to look at something and go, I really want that because it looks good to me, but actually miss all the goodness that God has given us. And for me, that is my singleness in many ways and, and the blessings. And I, I hear you saying a similar thing there. Yeah, definitely. And I've always been a woman who like wants to lead in ministry. And yet, like I've constantly been told that that's kind of the man's role. And so it's been difficult as as not just as a woman, but then as a single woman of like, okay, but if I'm missing this piece that's supposed to enable me to function fully, you know, in ministry or in my relationship with the Lord or within the church, why is it God's good plan that he keep that and do something different with my life? Um, but yes, recognizing God has still done that. He has still given me ministry opportunities. He has still been faithful in those ways. So it's remembering to stop and, and see the blessings or remember how he has been faithful in the past. Which is a great segue into my next question, which is what what has been some of the blessings that, that God has showered upon you and others uh, in and through your singleness? So I think that time specifically when I was mentioning like the Bible study and just being able to have women in and out of my home for those years, just recognizing that that was a, a really fruitful time of ministry. And not only was I learning a lot, but there were relationships that were cultivated during that time that that do still last and that I still think about and still connect with with those women um so you know that I wouldn't have had that in the same way had I had I been married it might have just looked different right but that was a really sweet time also just the freedom to just pursue opportunities that are right before me. Uh, I can be spontaneous. I can can go help a friend in need or 
um, you know, do things that I don't have to check in and consult someone else. I, I can be free to ask the Lord, is this something that you want me to do? Or is this a need that you want me to step into? I mean, even with starting the nonprofit, like there's, um, this is something that I feel is a calling from the Lord, right? And I'm stepping out into that by myself. <laughs> like God has put people around me, uh, both married and single, to kind of encourage me in that. But um, would I have been able to do that had this not been my story? Or would I have not have the empathy or the understanding of the need had I not gone through it myself? And so I see how God uses everything, the comfort that he gives us is the comfort that we're supposed to give to others, right? And so I've had time as a single woman to be with the Lord in those deep places. And I know women struggle when they have young children to find time <laughs> to spend in his word and, and in prayer and just really seeking him because the frenzy of life is, is such that it's hard to, to, to do that. And so as a, as a single, I feel like I have tried to take advantage of the time that I've been given to just be in the presence of the Lord and truly seek him in ways that hopefully will be what he uses to, to further my ministry. Mm -hmm. You've, um, I just want to flag, you've mentioned your nonprofit a couple of times. What's the name of that in case some of our listeners want to go and check it out? What, what is, what's the name of that? Where do they find that? Yeah, sure. It's called Mission Single. So missionsingle.com. You'd be able to, um, yeah, find out more information. Great. Excellent. Thank you. All right. You've, you've told us the story of your blessings and your challenges in singleness. You've already spoken a little bit about um, the church and particularly that in relation to, well, actually to both the challenges and the blessings, but are there other ways in which church community has been significant or perhaps insignificant in some ways as part of your singleness story? I have always loved the church and just see the importance of it, no matter where I moved, even if I was working for a theater company, like for one show and was only in a, a place for a short time, I always wanted to find a church that I could could be in. I just have always loved that. Um, but, you know, I've had so many different groups of people at the different churches that I've been in that some like some of the women have just put together groups to pray for me to have a husband you know and just want to walk me through all of that and the goal has been to find a, a relationship um but god has used both married and single women to speak truth and wisdom into my life so i never want to diminish that in speaking of some of the, the hardships of that um, but there has always just been a, an underlying frustration and kind of uneasiness since I feel like there's that the church doesn't know what to do with me as a single. And I know that's a pervasive <laughs> thought and experience of just feeling invisible and out of place. And all of the sermon illustrations are about marriage and parenting. And, uh, you know, I've watched singles 
sit and eat lunch instead of going listening to the sermon because it's a family series that has gone on for three months, you know, and no mention of, of single life. And so, you know, I've just seen over and over again, the frustration and the hurt that that causes. And I have been a part of that. Um, and I always felt like I was being told, you know, you need to work on becoming the person that God wants you to become so that you're ready to bring a partner into your life. Right. So it's not for the sake of Christ likeness and being equipped for the work of ministry or good works. It's so that you can be a person that a man will want to marry. So that has been hurtful in a lot of ways. And I think even I alluded to it before of just what does it look like to, to live a life without a man like leading me? Right. Which is what we're told we're supposed to want and look for and and find our true fulfillment and to be able to be all that we can be. But I don't know where my place is in that, in the church. And this conversation is so important. And I think more and more people are having this conversation, but until our theology changes, and I know you're very, very passionate about that and your book and your work has spoken to that. Um, our theology has to change in order for our behavior to change. <laughs> yes, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, but like you, I'm, I'm excited that I think we're having the conversation slowly, mm-hmm. maybe in pockets around the place, but even just that this podcast is, you know, one of the ways in which we can, we can it's a podcast about singleness, but it's for everyone because we want the church to actually understand the reality of being single Um, as a Christian in the Christian community so that we have a better understanding of what it means to be brothers and sisters of Christ together, married and single in the church. Yeah. We need each other most definitely. And so I want to, I want to be included in that conversation, right? Um, One of the things that I've thought recently, especially as I've gotten older, it's like the discussion of infertility, even that couples go through, right? There are so many resources, so many books, so many things um, made specifically for couples who deal with that. And yet that grief and that loss is something that single women who are a little bit older and kind of wrestling with that, they could be so valuable in that conversation, but we're not asked to be in that conversation, right? And so where could we look for opportunities as married and singles in the church to say, you know what, I bet you have wisdom to give to that topic too, even if your story looks different. And so we need to change our mindset as the church to include everyone and look more at that community as a family. Which, you know, (laughs) surprise, surprise, it's what the Bible says you know and this idea yeah, that yeah. we're all we're all members of the same body and you know the eye can't say to the arm um I don't need you actually we need each other as members of the body we're called to carry each other's burdens not just the burdens of people who are like us or identical to us but each other so yeah thank you so much Kelly for sharing yourself with us as you shared your story with us as we finish What encouragement? We've just recognised things are rough, but let's finish with some encouragement. What what encouragement would you have for our listeners, whether they are single or married or both, um, as they pursue Christ in their stories? So as I was thinking about 
that trip that I took to your part of the world and just the, the diving that I was able to do. A drift dive in Fiji was really one of the best dives that I had on that trip. And um, if you're familiar with scuba diving at all, there's a lot of training that goes into how you control your buoyancy in the water and just understanding the gear and the buddy system and, and what to do in the turbulent waters. And um, the uniqueness of the drift dive is that the boat drops you off at one location and then you let the ocean current just take you for the ride and the boat picks you up a mile away. And you can't swim against the current because you're gonna exhaust yourself and run out of air. And your job is to just keep your eye on the dive master and to relax. And it allows you to just feel like the power of the ocean and see the ocean life swimming around you. And if you look into the, the, the darkness beyond what you can see, like it can be scary, but you have to kind of bring yourself back to like the little seahorse or the fish that's right in front of you and just marvel at God's creation and trust that the boat is going to be there when you reach the surface. And I feel like whether married or single, that's what we have to do in our walk with the Lord. We have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, who is our master, right? He's the author. He's the perfecter of our faith. And we just have to trust that God has us in this current and that he's going to take us wherever he wants us to go. And it's ultimately going to be for his glory. And we all have to keep reminding ourselves to relax and to let him have control. I love that so much. What a perfect illustration for the Christian life, you know, and that idea that you've got to trust that the boat's going to be waiting at the other end. We've got the sure hope of what's waiting at the other end for us, which is life with him and each other for eternity. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kelly. Um, it's been really, really thankful for you sharing your story with us. Thank you for having me. And I just appreciate um, your book and your work so much. So it's been a, a real blessing to get to know oh, thank you a little you. bit. Thank you. Well, for our listeners, uh, thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe. Um, give us a review on your podcast app. Spread the word about single-minded stories. Don't just tell single people. Tell married people too, please. Um, if you're new to single-minded, you have no idea who single-minded is. You can find out all about us at our website, www.singleminded.community. Heaps of resources up there. Um, look at our upcoming events. And also, uh, we do rely on the generous financial support of our community. So we'd love it if you'd consider partnering with us to help the ministry continue going and growing. And you can do that at www.singleminded.community. And we'll look forward to seeing you for our next episode. Thanks for listening to Single-Minded Stories. For more information about Single-Minded, to access our resource library or to partner with us financially, visit www.singleminded.community. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and X. Thanks to Danny Treweek and John Lee, our co-hosts, Sarah Sarangallo, our podcast editor, and Aaron Talada, who created our theme music. Music.